Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out those wings. And slither in place. Because this is Snakebird. Hey, welcome Snakebirds to another episode of the cast. Today we're looking at part two following up last week's episode uh, where we took on a unique profile with the discussion that we hoped contextualized and summarized the massive ramifications of an event that forever changed how the gospel was presented to the world. Say that six times fast. Actually, can you simplify that, Stephen? <laughs> uh, big milestone, guys. Oh. <laughs> big milestone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, I like we're going to get into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's uh, go ahead and jump back into our profile on Cornelius. Here's part two. Yeah, and I love even, I think, scripture coming alive to Peter as he's saying this, because there are those times when you're saying something that's maybe really um, led by the Holy Spirit and, and it's being influenced by God in your life. And you're like, I don't even know where this is coming from, but yeah. it's that moment where God is speaking through you that uh, even Matthew chapter 10 alludes to is like when you uh, don't be afraid if you're not prepared, when you get up to give a testimony and like mm-hmm. sometimes God's going to speak through you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as Peter is saying, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, all of a sudden, 2 Chronicles 19.7 comes alive where it says, God is not a respecter of persons. Hell yeah. And um, I found somebody that just like echoed that, but he is a lover of people. Mm-hmm. And all of that's coming real to Peter as he's looking around going, God has no favorites. All of a sudden, the, the Jewish mindset that he's held for so long and the culture that's been just um, completely... Uh, ingrained in him is starting to melt away as he looks at this willing crowd of people going, I want what you have. Yeah. It was so cool the way he laid that out. And then what he does also in all of that, he directs it all back to Jesus, who's, mm-hmm. the, who's the bridge and lifeline connecting all who believe. Yes. So, and, and I was told this by a pastor once. Um, I was a pastoral in, intern, and he was kind of telling me about how what you need to get across to people as a, as a pastor. And then one of the things he said was, you need to always bring them back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. No matter what points you're trying to make in the sermon, no matter what uh, the message is, you the point is to get him to Jesus. Yeah. And that's what Peter did here. He he broke down some barriers between Jew and Gentile, and he kind of laid that out, but he connected it with that lifeline of Jesus. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Now, it just, like you said, obviously Holy, Holy Spirit driven yeah. to, to be <laughs> just, able to pull that together yeah. in the way that he yeah. did. Yeah, because then all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, by the way, Jesus is Lord of all. Referencing both Jew and Gentile. Exactly. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, exactly. You know, I honestly feel like what was said here might be similar to the things that was said on the road to Emmaus, Mm -hmm. where their hearts burned within them. Mm -hmm. Just this, you know, the systematic breakdown of this is what happened then, this is what's happening now, and boom, we're here. Yeah. And because what we see next, it is life-changing for everyone there that heard this. Mm-hmm. That's what we see. Yeah. And what makes this scene even cooler, we are we already mentioned that it's Jew and Gentile parties there. 
But God drops this amazing uh, turn of events in front of all parties involved. So we do indeed have two party witnesses here to go proclaim this amazing truth. Oh, yeah. Which if you think about that, that's a really cool idea because there's some Old Testament connection there. Having, yeah. Having two witnesses. Yeah. And then this message just ends in this climax because Peter says, and whoever believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins. And I can't help but think that maybe Cornelius and his family and his friends are going, wait a minute, do I believe? And that's when the Holy Spirit takes over because it's almost like God interrupts Peter again. You had mentioned the Mount of Transfiguration yeah. where Peter was like, let's build some holiday inns and then yeah. we'll stay up here forever. And God interrupts him. <laughs> yeah. But this time God interrupts him. And it's like, Peter was like, I dropped the mic because now is your moment. Yeah. And right then the Holy Spirit falls. And it says, while Peter was still speaking those words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astounded as many as came with Peter, all the people that had come with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that they should be baptized? I mean, all of a sudden, it's just like this rolling fire of the Holy Spirit moving through these folks. And that's so cool that it says that this dropped right as he was still speaking at the end Mm -hmm. of this. He's like, this is the truth, and God's truth is so powerful, it drops on you like a ton of bricks. It changes everything about you. Yeah. And they were speaking in tongues. They were completely indwelled with the Holy Spirit in a tangible, physical way. And everybody noticed it. They were like, wait, they're Gentiles. Yes. And I know you just said this, but (laughs) they got the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. What is crazy. What is going on? Yeah, because like surrender happened. Belief clicked in, salvation came, and the Spirit just just fell. And and it's so cool that it happened in the way it did, all of this, because both both parties spoke their part, both parties heard it, it clicked, and then God gave it. And he was like, this is the moment I'm doing this. Yes, and you were mentioning about witnesses. What somebody pointed out is that this mirrored the day of Pentecost to show that the Gentiles received the exact same spirit as the Jews, and it happened with the exact same blessing as the apostles received and the first followers of Jesus received because the fire fell and all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're speaking in tongues, Yeah, which we find out later that when they refer to this event as Peter's kind of conveying it to the, to the council in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. he's saying as it happened at the beginning. So the implication is that this wasn't an every time kind of thing, that this was a special thing that God allowed to happen to show the significance of the event. I think of first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Mm-hmm. It happened at Pentecost, yep. and then here it is with the exactly. Gentiles. Exactly, yeah. And, and God did it just that way. Yeah. And then we have that eunuch moment where Philip and the eunuch are like, you just got saved. Is there anybody that should stop you from getting baptized with water? Yeah. Yeah. And Peter's like, where's the water? You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that's what, what Peter says next. He says, uh, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They receive the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they all be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then um, he stayed with them for a few days. Yeah. And it's it's just really cool. He, he Peter recognizes that these Gentiles now have the Holy Spirit, and that's a big deal. 
And another thing that we're seeing is, and I, I do get into this a little bit too, that there's, because I saw a lot of people as I studied this, um, there, there's a little division on this, but there's two different baptisms here. Mm-hmm. And so we're about to get into that. Yeah. Is there any other thoughts on that, Josh? Um, no, that's the end of the chapter. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic to see that he put in the effort to say, like, it wasn't him going, no, you guys are gross because you're Gentiles. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I need to get out of this household as quick as possible because the carpet's sticky. Yeah. You know, he's like, I'm in and I'm going to stay to instruct you in the way yeah. of the word and in and, and faith. It's almost like he's like, let's take some next steps. Mm-hmm. And so, the, yeah, that is so cool. And it, it almost, I got a little disheartened when I when I saw some of this, because it seems like some people missed this huge, amazing moment. Mm-hmm. And they got into the weeds a little bit here. So I, we got to touch a little bit on the fact that there's two different baptisms here. Yes. Um, yeah, because there's a debate on this. There, or it's a doctrinal is. divide, let's say it, that. It really is. And... Um, so let's I guess let's just get into it. There's there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we just saw in those verses, mm-hmm. and then Peter mentions um, physical water baptism. Yeah. There's two different ones, and it's one of those scriptures that throw a lot of people into these divisions because we've got verses like Ephesians four five that says there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Mm-hmm. And on one side, they're going to say there's only one baptism. Thus, it's the water baptism Peter just mentioned here. And the other side will point to the next verse where Peter mentions the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He Mm -hmm. actually mentions it. And they'll say, well, there's only one baptism. Thus, it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And water baptism is not necessary. Mm -hmm. And it's very important to realize um, here that there are, in fact, there's two baptisms that take place. Because we as Christians, I I do want to point this out, we don't baptize other people with the Holy Spirit. Only Jesus can do that. He chooses when and who he gives the Holy Spirit to. Now, we, we know that Christians will have the Holy Spirit. But we don't give that to them, one believer to another. That's mm-hmm. something Jesus does. And um, it comes at different times for different people. Peter recognizes this in Acts eleven sixteen, and also John in Matthew three eleven. But we as Christians, we are instructed to baptize people by Jesus himself in the Great Commission. Um, and, and that can only mean water baptism because it's done by us. So when he says, go into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, he's talking about water baptism. Mm -hmm. He's not talking about because he's the one that gives the Holy Spirit. So both of these are things that a Christian needs to have done. And I, I really found that pretty important because Peter saw it was very important. The very first thing he says is, let's do water baptism after he saw they got the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So that's something that don't, don't go to one side or the other because you you see these debates and people bring a lot of cherry picked scriptures up. Yeah. But Peter recognized both in both acts 10 and 11 consecutively. So, okay. Since we're on this topic, I have a question for you. Okay. Because I, I went into this and I found a, a commentator that I really um, appreciate mm-hmm. who kind of steered me in one direction that I never thought about before. Okay. So the question is, when does the baptism of the Holy Spirit occur in the life of a believer? Like, at what point? Because... Okay. Um, I, I saw this as a question that somebody wrote to another ministry recently where the guy was really kind of upset because he's like, y'all aren't doing it right. Yeah. Not only do you need to be water baptized, which we just agreed with, I've, I'm in step with you on that, 
But he was like, if you're not asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're missing out on the whole uh, righteousness of God and you're missing out on the, the dunamis power of Jesus. Yeah. But this commentator, which is Warren Wearsby, says that um, while these things uh, here are mentioned of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he said that you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at, at salvation. He called that the pattern of today. He said they received the Spirit the moment that they trusted in Jesus, as is the pattern for today. And he pointed it out, um, whereas Romans 8, 9 through 11 says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of Christ dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin and the spirit is life because of righteousness. Mm -hmm. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Mm -hmm. And then they reference 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 13, which says, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Gentiles, slaves are free. We were all made to drink of one spirit. Yeah. And so he's saying that there was a couple specific instances like Pentecost and uh -huh. this, like Jews and Gentiles. But then he said the pattern for the church is now that the Holy Spirit baptizes you the moment that you receive Jesus into your heart, the moment that faith clicks in. So th that's the question of when it falls. When does the baptism of the Holy Spirit occur? Because I've been in churches where it's like, who here has not asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and arms go up and then yeah. next thing you know, there's possibly some speaking in tongues breaking out. There's a lot of like hushed prayers, you know, as people are huddled around because uh, you compare this to Acts 8, 16 and 17, and it says the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. But Wearsby said that is a exigent circumstance. It's not the norm. Well, we've also got like Acts 19, 2 through 6, where um, it was asked to the believers, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not. We don't even know what the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. is. And then they baptized them in the name of Jesus, and um, they laid their hands upon him, and the Holy Spirit came upon them after that. It didn't come at belief mm -hmm. in that instance. That was yeah. a different one. So I have, and I didn't bring them all with me, but I've got a lot of, of um, scriptures in my notes uh, at my desk where the Holy Spirit fell at different times. And this is my issue with using the book of Acts as a template, because I see both sides of not just the baptism issue, mm -hmm. but of a lot of other different issues, yeah. um, spiritual gifts, a bunch of stuff. <laughs> both parties on both sides of these different divisions, mm -hmm. they cherry pick out of Acts mm -hmm. and they disregard other parts of Acts. Yeah. Now, I get there's certain things that were meant for the certain people of that time, but I, I f don't like cherry picking certain parts of Acts that say, this is cessation on that issue, but not on this issue. Mm -hmm. And there's cessation on that issue, but not this issue, because that's done a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I was grown up in the in the Church of Christ, and they say, at least the churches that I went to, they say that when you're baptized by water, at that point, that's when the Holy Spirit falls upon you. Mm -hmm. But they reject all current use of spiritual gifts. So they use the book of Acts for a template for one thing, but not for another. Mm -hmm. Same thing is done, you know, I think, by saying that the Holy Spirit only is at belief now, but 
we got some other stuff going on in Acts. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to that, all I can say as far as Scripture goes is I see both sides of it. Yeah. I don't see one side, but I can speak um, by experience on the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I do want to say that there there's a difference between emotion and the Holy Spirit. Spirit being dropped on you. Mm-hmm. I've got to say that because I remember when I was at church camp, um, they they called people. They did the song and they did a skit and they did this stuff and it just primed your heart mm-hmm. for an emotional frenzy. And then who wants to get baptized? You get baptized and it was a very feeling driven mm-hmm. experience. And I remember that and it felt very real. Um, but when I was 28, I had the Holy Spirit drop on me in my kitchen. And I'm not a guy that went to a Pentecostal church. I am not any of this stuff. But I will never in my life forget this moment. Mm-hmm. And I can't exp- I can't even describe this to you over the airwaves. Yeah. But I know what the... And now there wasn't fire on top of my head or nothing like that. But the Holy Spirit was literally dropped on me at that moment. And so it didn't come... I, I believed before that moment. I was mm-hmm. baptized before that moment. Some other things happened after that moment. This was a random moment that the Holy Spirit... Now, was it kind of in me before or after? I don't know. Yeah. But I do know that I felt the force of it hit me once, and I'll never forget it. Well, and there is the a couple of things. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, we want to clarify that when the Holy Spirit falls... That you're not always going to speak in tongues. Exactly. That's not necessarily a thing. And I think that's another danger of cherry picking from Acts. But I also feel like there is that designation that a lot of people or a lot of pastors have given where you talk about the Holy Spirit um, is with you, kind of like you mentioned with Cornelius, where he's actually the tutor. He's the one trying to bring you to Jesus. you know. And then you have um, the other word that says the Holy Spirit is in you. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, there could be that possibility of like the moment that you're saved, the Holy Spirit, he's, he's in your heart, yeah. but that dunamis power maybe hasn't come upon you. So the question is, do you feel that moment physically mm. whenever this, because it, we know that we got the Spirit as a pledge. Yes. How do we know if that pledge is there? Is it a feeling? Yeah. Is that a, so yeah. we've got some questions that yeah. might be kind of hard to answer. Yeah. Well, and the Holy Spirit acts as God's seal. I yeah. mean, the the uh, Antichrist has the mark of the beast, mm-hmm. whereas yes. Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. And I think there is that danger of going, I didn't have an emotional experience, so thus the Holy Spirit hasn't fallen on me, mm-hmm. whereas that can be a really scary thing to think. Yeah. And then you also have the other person who now is just, they're kind of riding that Holy Spirit high, always looking for that next moment when yeah. the Spirit's going to fall. And versus, that's a very emotionally driven state. Yes, yeah. Versus letting it happen naturally or through the the Spirit. And I don't know. I mean, it's one of those. And, and I do wonder too, like you said, because there are distinctions between, like you said, coming alongside you and dwelling in you and then falling upon you. Mm-hmm. There's some different things that happen. And and I do wonder because we know that we're supposed to walk by faith. Yeah. So we can have a belief moment and God could give us the spirit at that very moment. Very yeah. well could be. And that's something only he can see. 
Yeah. But the emotional parts of when that does fall on you in those different times, that might not be a salvation type of spirit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So, and I I think it's never a bad thing to ask for the Holy Spirit to fall upon you. Yeah. And I think it's never a bad thing to ask for God to make you aware yeah. of when the Spirit's working in your life. Because yes. there are those times where all of a sudden somebody asks you about your faith and you're answering and you say, I have no idea where these words are coming from. Yeah. I feel like if you have the eyes to see then you'll go, oh, that's the Holy Spirit, yeah. you know, working in and through me. Yeah, and I, I guess my main thing with this whole topic is I don't like putting things into a cookie cutter box where mm-hmm. this is, you get this when this happens mm-hmm. and you got this formula because I don't, in my experience with God, and, and I'm not just basing this off of my feelings because it's always got to be checked against Scripture. Problem is, Scripture says two different things of people getting on one side or the other, mm-hmm. but it, not, I'm not talking about contradictory. No, no. I'm talking about, the, you know. So, <laughs> but in in my experience with checking it against Scripture and my actual experience is these things are not cookie cutter. Yes. God does it when he does it. He chooses who he, you know, I, I save whom I choose. I, I do everything according to what my will is. Mm-hmm. You you will not put me in a box. I don't. Yeah. I, I believe that's God, you know. To us, because when whenever I had that Holy Spirit experience, I wasn't asking for nothing. It hit yeah. me out of left field like a sucker punch. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't asking for anything. I wasn't in a state of anything. Yeah. So um, there's certain things that have happened in my life that I'm just, I'm a fool. I know the spiritual realm is real. Mm-hmm. And I don't come from a background that taught me that. Yeah. So that, that's, it's a very, it's an individual walk between all of us and God. Well, and I think just... Out of everything, if we can walk away with something, one of the most powerful things is knowing that when we've received Jesus into our heart, the Holy Spirit is with us. He's in us and he will come upon us. Yeah. And, you know, there is that walk by faith aspect of just knowing mm-hmm. that that's why Jesus said, it's better that I go away. Yeah. Because now um, I, as the Lord, can only be present in one place at a time, but I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, and He's the helper that can be with everybody that calls upon my name. Yeah. Is that is that speaking of His omnipresence, or...? I've always thought it to okay. be. Yeah. That's interesting. I always thought, well, Jesus, you know, he's, yeah. he could well, be. Well, you said he could only be in one place at a time. I was just thinking about omnipresence. That just, it threw, it threw a gear, a wrench in my gears in my head. Well, that's okay. So just out of the thought of like Jesus said, it's better that I go away. Yes. I always thought because it's just the one man, Jesus. Oh, gotcha. And he could, you know, he could show up through walking through walls and different gotcha. places. But when he said, I'm sending my Holy Spirit, it's like he could be everywhere. I follow you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's, you know, guys, this is uh, this is something that it, what Joshua said is very true. You, you got to stand on the promises of God. Don't get lost in trying to figure out the quantum mechanics of how God works in the background because mm-hmm. you're not going to figure it out. You're going to break your brain. Yeah. And that God makes some promises. He He says, if you do believe, you have sincere belief in him, yeah. you are saved. Yeah. He says that he's given the spirit as a pledge for us. He's going to see that it, in the end days. Like Josh said, there's the mark of the beast and that spirit, he's going to see it right through you. Mm-hmm. And so we're given that. You're saved. No no doubt there. If you if you didn't speak in tongues, if you didn't have this dramatic moment, those are feelings, guys. Yes. Um, now, can some of that happen? I, I believe it can. Yeah. But don't base your salvation on it. And if you want some good resources on that, you can go to Spiritual Gifts, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yes. Uh, I think that was Episode like... Episode 4. 
uh, of okay. season one. That was episode four. Four or five. I thought it was five. Might be five. It might be five. And then another one that we did was baptism. Uh, we called it Making Waves. Yeah. And I have no idea what episode that was, Not but either. you can look on our um, our archives. And that is a really good reference um, because we do feel like water baptism is uh, something that's told to us to do by God. Mm-hmm. And so, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, you know, both that's of something those. something we get too. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, we're pretty much at the end here, guys. The only other thing, Josh already mentioned it, is that um, when when Peter got back to uh, Jerusalem, he, he had some questions to answer, and mm-hmm. they wanted to know, hey, you were with the Gentiles. You met with him. You're not supposed to do that. And Peter, he we don't need to reiterate the whole thing. He tells them what happened. Yeah. He said, I had a vision. He had a vision. This is what happened. Yeah, because I think even some of the guys asking him the questions were probably converted priests who held the law in such high regard that they looked at him like, what just happened? Yeah. Well, and the cool thing is, after he laid everything out, um, for the concerned Jewish believers, were told that they had no further objections. Yes. They began to praise God. Yeah, they stopped objecting and just started, they yeah. stood silent. It, it was like they, all of their, uh, all of their qualms, every yeah. question that they had just dropped to the floor. At this moment, I get that picture of Gandalf looking in the distance and <laughs> says, so it begins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because these people that are supposed to fight and say that's not supposed to happen, they're saying, oh, it happens, I accept it, and now we're fixing to take the land by like a wildfire. Can I Lord of the Rings nerd you? Do it. That's King Theoden. <laughs> I've always seen the meme with with Gandalf, Gandalf it. Oh, <laughs> Well, Josh clearly knows it a little better than me, but I know someone else has seen the meme, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's really cool to see that they they didn't have objections when it was laid out. And Mm -hmm. uh, that shows sincerity in the hearts of those people. The Pharisees weren't like yes, that. Yeah. Certain ones. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had to um, actually, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Once again, Yeah. Um, um, page 365 of the two towers. Uh, I need to reference. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, I wanted to, uh, I had a few takeaways just from the life of Cornelius. I thought we could just point out yeah. uh, to apply to our lives. Yeah, I, I agree. Let's let's hit some uh, some takeaways. Okay, so um, number one, we just spent a lot of time on this, but we need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, yeah. especially living in this world, because um, I think it was Pastor Doug from the church that we we're going to that talked to the other day about how we're all full of boiling water, mm-hmm. and it seems like anytime anybody bumps into us, whether it's social media or whether it's even just in person, sometimes we spill over and what we are filled with tends to get on that person. And I was thinking, you know, he mentioned boiling water just because of how tense situations are. You know, sometimes we just burn people, but if we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we're filled to the brim and somebody bumps us, it's going to be awesome because what's going to come out is the love of Jesus. And what's going to come out is um, just a little bit of the Lord and, and not necessarily our flesh. Yeah. I've heard it said one time, you know, when you're squeezed, it's what comes out mm-hmm. of you that shows what, yeah. what you're allowing in the your, adversity. Yeah. 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 It's either boiling water or it's the Holy Spirit and turning the other cheek. Yes. 
Yeah. So I felt like that was a really big one. And again, I don't think it hurts to say, God, baptize me with your Holy Spirit, because it's the analogy of gas in the car. You know, it's not like we get filled, you know, in our car the one time and then we lock the gas cap and walk away, throw the key and walk away. We constantly need refilling. And I feel like there is that aspect of the Holy Spirit is with us, but there is that filling of the Holy Spirit that can happen um, even on a daily basis of saying, God, fill me again Mm -hmm. for every good work. Yeah. Even if you don't know how to ask him, just say, God, all I know is I need more of you. <laughs> yeah. And he'll just, give you that. Yeah. just It doesn't have to become super religious. It doesn't have to become hyper-Christianese. It's just ask. Yeah. So, um, and then I thought another thing is our faith should affect our lives. And I I had a little bit of, um, I don't know, not not necessarily conviction, but I was just, I was digging on our man Cornelius's lifestyle mm-hmm. because look at him. I mean, all of a sudden it's affecting his family and he's giving, he's got a prayer time, he's got great devotion, he has a a wonderful love and fear of God. And I'm like, this is a man who wasn't even entered into salvation yet. And yet he is a very devout man. And I thought, you know, I think those evidences should be uh, alive and well in our Christian lifestyle. I agree. And that coincides. Is that the end of yours, Josh? Oh, I had I had two more. Okay, well, I was going to say that that leads into mine as well. Okay, is a look into Cornelius's life. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go quick. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, you're good. You know, another thing is that um, looking at the the reverse side of that was Cornelius was a good man, but his goodness would not have saved him. He still needed Jesus. He still needed faith. He needed that moment. And I'm so thankful that God provided that way for that chasm to be uh, all of a sudden crossable because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And I appreciate that we have um, scriptures like Isaiah chapter 60 that allude to the fact that salvation is going to come to the Gentiles, or as Paul references in Romans, I think it's chapter 10, where he's talking about that that verse in Hosea, where he's saying that God is going to include the Gentiles all of a sudden to see that come to fruition is so awesome mm-hmm. because all of a sudden I feel like the word came alive to the uh, to the disciples as they were like, oh yeah, remember the Great Commission when Jesus said, go into all the world making disciples of the nations? Yeah. And they're like, now we can do that. you know. And of course we see Paul and Barnabas just like hit the road and put so many miles on their sandals in doing that. Yeah. But then also even um, Acts 1.8 that comes back and talks about that dunamis power again and it's like and you will receive power through the holy spirit to go to jerusalem to judea throughout samaria and then into the ends of the earth and it's just like all of a sudden the wall is torn down and um i feel like that's just a cry for my heart is to have the gospel ready at any moment in my heart Mm -hmm. um to be able to share just like peter did by the power of the holy spirit you know to share the hope that's within us because um someone said it the other day i think it was todd friel from wretched radio he said don't be afraid to share the gospel of jesus christ he said i know it's intimidating at times but this really kind of just stuck with me and i've been thinking about it for the last few weeks he said the people that God is going to save, they're going to hear the words. And while you might be hesitant to say them, and maybe you'll get rejected, 
the ones that need to hear it, they're going to perk up and they're going to be like, wow, I need that. Yeah. Because at times, unfortunately, we are going to present the gospel to people that just are, it's like casting pearls before swine Mm -hmm. and they're not going to receive it, but we can't lose heart and we can't stop sharing because there is those people that need to hear it. And, and hopefully it's everyone we talk to, but you know, we just can't give up. Yeah. Very true. So. It, it all, it makes me think of too, you know, the Holy spirit is now a part of us living in us and, and, um, muscles need to be exercised mm-hmm. for them to grow. Yes. Sharing the gospel is almost like a muscle. Um, if you hardly ever do it, you're going to be more hesitant in the times that you need to do it. Yes. So uh, not that you just go constantly like a weirdo <laughs> screaming yeah. the gospel, yeah. but but keep that in mind. It's yeah. something to share. Look for those holy moments. Look for those those God moments where God goes, now. Yeah, you know? do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. So, <laughs> Uh, my takeaway point, I don't have quite as many as Josh, but it, it was related to the life of Cornelius. Um, and I'll just start with Matthew six thirty three, where Jesus tells us uh, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And, and I go back to Cornelius before he met up with Peter. And I really respect the way he lived out his pursuit of seeking God and his righteousness, even though it doesn't look like he was an official Christian yet. Uh, I don't. I don't see how he could have been. But and some might say that simply doing Christian things is um, worthless if the one acting these things out doesn't really know God. And, and there's definitely some truth in that. But I also know that there's some people out there who are seeking after God and His righteousness that simply haven't been properly introduced yet. Mm-hmm. And um, the last thing I want to do is to scare people away from, um, you know, that are right outside the door. On the other side is God because they're seeking and, you know, I don't, I, I want to be not that guy. So for anyone out there who may be struggling with your pursuit of knowing God or maybe even knowing God better, I would encourage you to just keep seeking him. Uh, chances are, if you're feeling urges to do certain things, uh, maybe it's minister to the homeless or serve in some way, uh, that very well may be the Holy Spirit coming alongside you to bring you into that relationship with God, something you're going to find on those stepping stones to those urges. So um, by no means am I encouraging someone to do Christian things to get to heaven. That's not what I'm saying. But if those uh, you know things in your heart that you're being moved to do, if they're coming from a deeper or more heartfelt place, then pursue them. Keep seeking God. God will set up a divine appointment for you just like he did for Cornelius. So I I just really felt it put on my heart to say that because there might be people that listen to us that that may have questions. Am I really saved? Do I really know God? And if you're asking those questions, that's good. Yes. And if you're feeling these urges, then pursue them. It's not behavior modification if you're just walking by faith towards where you believe God is. So I, that's just something I felt the need to say. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's really good. That's really powerful. Because if you feel like God is reaching out to you, then he is. He's beckoning you. And the Holy Spirit is walking alongside you saying, uh, just like Cornelius, I, I want to reveal myself to you and, and have you um, – make that transition from outsider looking in to full on uh faith walking believer. Yeah, amen. Yeah. So that's Cornelius guys. That is um uh, that's our profile and it was an amazing story, I thought. Yeah. 
such a turning point. Pivotal. Yeah. yeah. Groundbreaking. Huge uh, milestone. Unprecedented. Let's come up with some more adjectives because it, it was all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. awesome. I mean, outside of Jesus uh, and his atoning work on the cross, it's probably the second most pivotal um, thing that happened mm-hmm. for anyone that isn't Jewish. Yeah. You Literally know? something God had in mind before the law was even given. Yes. With Abraham. Yes, exactly. Such a, such something in the works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we hope that this has really um, gelled with you and made an impact. And we hope that all these profiles are speaking to you. And if there's any Bible character that you have out there that you're like, man, they haven't talked about this person yet. When are they going to get to them? Shoot them over. We would love to hear from you about who you'd like us to profile. Uh, Even if it's um, a small character, we'll maybe we'll lump them into a group or whatever it might be. Yeah, send us ideas, guys, for profiles and and any topic, really. So uh, it's really important for us that we know that we're making a difference in y'all's lives. And uh, please, if you feel it um, on your heart to give us a a five-star review or whatever star you deem us worthy, (laughs) uh, and give us uh, some good comments on whatever platform you listen on, that really helps put the show out there uh, because we want to get the gospel to as many people as possible. And we hope you're having a good time listening to us. Yes. Uh, We want this to be a community. Yeah, stay with us for random movie facts and Lord of the Rings corrections. Yeah, trivia. (laughs) Correct trivia. (laughs) Um, Actually. Yeah, and... uh, always feel like you can reach out with anything um i just said let us know what profile i didn't tell you how you could do that you could do it through our facebook or you could even send us an email directly at connect at basnakebird.com we are a community not just two guys talking uh to empty mics out in the the radio land or whatever (laughs) you might call it um we want to make sure that we are making a connection with uh you the listener absolutely yeah so Uh, Snake birds, always remember, whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to answer the call of Jesus. And make sure you rise, peak, kill, and eat. (laughs) (laughs) And be a snake bird. just sounded like seth rogan with where's my water (laughs) that's great